God is always faithful to reveal that his Bible, his word is relevant to your life. It is re- relevant to your desires and your interests as a person who he has developed. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you to be on earth at this moment. We've been studying the book of Nehemiah, and God had a plan for Nehemiah way back in the Old Testament. Some people may read the Old Testament and say, how is it relevant to me? That's so long ago. They had their issues. Today we got our issues. How is it relevant, right? When things are relevant to us, I think we can rally around it and have some energy, right? We could be excited about it because it has purpose. It's meaningful. So today's book that we're going to dig deep in, Nehemiah, excuse me, it has a lot of purpose. And we're going to learn some amazing things from Nehemiah's life. And I'm going to recap on a few things just in case you haven't been here for the last few Sundays so you can have some context on the passage. So the children of Israel often were disobedient unto God. And he told them, even through Joshua and Moses, if they were disobedient, if they served idol gods, if they practiced idolatry, he would scatter them amongst the nations, amongst the world. So the book of Ezra, if you're not familiar with the book of Ezra, it kind of it is a, a sequel to the book of Nehemiah. Ezra first and then Nehemiah. Cyrus was the king of Persia, the Persian Empire. Cyrus was the king. And a little before then, Israel was taken hostage. They were, were taken as exiles to the Babylonian Empire. The Babylonian Empire overtook Israel. And for a certain while, they ruled them. They were their slaves. They were in exile. They were not in their home because of their disobedience. God allowed, he raised up the Babylonian Empire to defeat them. Shortly after they served their 70 years in exile, God promised them that he would release them. So God came to Cyrus, King Cyrus, to, he encouraged him, he, he lifted up his spirit and said, okay, the 70 years are up and it's time for you to release my people so they can go back to Jerusalem. So at this time, the exiles went back to Jerusalem and they saw how Jerusalem was, was ravished. Their city was broken. The, the walls were torn down. And Nehemiah is now on the scene, and he sees all the corruption and how his city has been torn down. And he's pleading with God, praying to God on behalf of his people for God to rebuild them to rebuild their city to rebuild their culture so he goes to the king and the king he was the cupbearer for the king and this was his occupation all of us 
who are working. We have occupations. Nehemiah is just a normal guy that has a heart for God and, and a heart for his people. He's having a conversation with the king after he prayed. And God put it on the king's heart to allow him to go back to Jerusalem to build the wall, to build up their city. Now, walls were important in the Old Testament because they protected cities, right? They had towers, they had walls, they had armies. So if an enemy came in to fight against them, to overtake them, the wall would be a line of so they could not overcome the city. So it was very important as Jerusalem was being built back up and God was restoring them that they had to rebuild the wall. They also rebuilt the temple as well, where they would go and worship their God, Yahweh, the only God, right? The true and living God. So that takes us to Nehemiah chapter 4. Now, in life, when God is doing a work, what is right around the corner? Anybody want to try to answer that question? What, what's the right around the corner when God has put a mission or a dream in your heart, what's right around the corner? Opposition. Yes, opposition is right around the corner. And today we're going to talk about how Nehemiah overcome the opposition. See, some of us, nice life hasn't been nice to you. It just seems like Opposition is always winning. The enemy is always winning. The world is always winning. The flesh is always winning. See, there are three things that we struggle with for those who know Jesus. It is the world is against you. Your flesh is against you. And then the enemy is against you. There's opposition. But God has a plan. To defeat the opposition. Is it, within, is it within our own strength? No. And Nehemiah is going to show us. So don't miss this. Because when that, even if you're not going through opposition right now, it's going to come. Because that's life. There's trouble in this world. There's opposition. So the question you have to ask yourself is, is are you prepared for opposition? The work we're trying to do here at Radius Church, there's opposition. Anything you try to do for God, there's going to be opposition. So as a church, we grow, we have to decide how are we going to defeat opposition from keeping us from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and to growing close as a family here at Radius Church. There's many churches that God has, even in Dubuque, in L.A., in China, in Russia, they have opposition too. But God wants us to focus right here. We're a part of the universal church. And God wants to restore people to himself. God wants to build his kingdom now. And so how will we partake in building the kingdom? God also wants to build your life up. So there's two applications. Your personal life. And then also... Our church life here together, not the building, but us as a community of people 
And God wants to build that. But first, I have to be right, right? So ask yourself, are the walls of your life strong enough? Or have they been broken down by the enemy? And if so, God has a plan. God wants to build the walls of your life up. So then you can help get to the the big wall is building God's kingdom, right? So where does that happen at? At work, at home, us together. I've heard some people say that we spend 70% of our time at work, right? And then the rest of it is in different pockets here or there. So let's dig deep here. Nehemiah chapter 4, start with verse 1. Now when Samballot heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged and jeered at the Jews. Another word for jeered, you can be, you can use taunt. He taunted them. He insulted them. Now, why is this guy Sam Ballard so important? Just a little history on him. He was a Samaritan, and Samaritan and Jews didn't get along. The Jews said that Samaritans were half-breeds. They were Jewish mixed with other races. So they didn't, they didn't get along at all. And so there's an issue. Sam Ballard was mad when the Jews started coming back to Jerusalem they wanted to help rebuild the temple, and the Jews said, nah, you're not helping us rebuild the temple. We got this. King Cyrus told us to rebuild the temple, and we're, we're the Jews. We're the full-blooded Jews, and God has a plan for us, and we're going to build it, and y'all are not going to have a piece of it. So Sanballat is very upset about that, that they don't have any portion in rebuilding the temple. It says he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they receive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at, and burned ones at that so here they're insulting them can you imagine you have a plan you have good work to do and your enemy whatever that may be the world your flesh or the enemy is jeering at you insulting you telling you, you, who are you? You're nobody. That thing that God wants you to do, you can't do it. You're nobody. You're feeble. You're weak-minded. See, God has a plan for you. And you know, sometimes what's the greatest enemy is yourself. It's, it's me. I'm, I can be my greatest enemy. My mind, 
So what, so when the enemy is prowling and jeering at you, insulting you, the question is, is what are you going to do? George Myers wrote a book called The Battle of the Mind, The Battlefield of the Mind. It's a great book. I encourage you to read it one day. So here, the enemies are playing a psychological game with the, the, children, the Jews that are actually building the wall. I'm going to read on here. Now, uh, Tobiah is a friend of Samballot, and he wants to get in on the fun. Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break it down. He will break down their stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. So Jeremiah, excuse me, not Jeremiah, Nehemiah is praying. He's getting ready to pray here. Hear, O God. We are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where there are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So there's one thing I've learned about Nehemiah. When he faced opposition, he prayed. When you face opposition in your life, when this church here, when we face opposition, the question is, is what are you going to do? Are we going to look and try to fix it on our own right away? Or are we going to look to God? See, Nehemiah was very honest in his prayers. He didn't hold back. He was direct. He had no patience for the enemy. He told God exactly how he saw it, and God appreciates when you're honest with him. Now, when we have enemies, how did Jesus say we're supposed to pray? We're supposed to pray for them. Now, in this context, he prayed this way because there was work to be done. So he had to pray that way because his enemies were out of line. When we have enemies, the Bible says we should pray for them. And then we pray for them and we love them. They're going to heap coals over their head. That's what Jesus asked us to do. When we pray, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who talk about you, that misuse you, those who taunt at you. Right? That's what Jesus, now that's not easy to do. Right? But that's what God calls us to do. So remember, when we face opposition, we have to pray. Because through your prayer, you get what? Wisdom. You know how to react. Because with these guys rambling so much, some of us might go upside somebody's head. Right? We working. We, we trying to be successful in life. We see our dreams. We see our goals. We're trying to accomplish things, and then somebody's sitting there yip-yapping. And they say the wrong thing. Some of us know how we get about people saying the wrong thing. But look how Nehemiah reacted. He prayed right away. 
prayer is the answer. And then he says, so we built the wall. You see it? So we built the wall. So he didn't even have no time for that foolishness. See, when people are trying to hinder what God has for you and for his church, you just have to, you know, put the hand up. You know how they used to do it back in the day? Talk to the hand. Your breath I can't stand or something like that. <laughs> See, you got to put your hand right and just keep going. He kept moving. He did not entertain the enemy. He prayed and kept on working. That's what we have to do. He got a positive mindset. He's moving forward as they still yipping and yapping. So we built the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. See, the people, what did God do? He gave the people a mind to work despite the opposition. Here at Radius, we have to have a what? Mind to work. Whatever we do, rather than word or deed, do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your what? Might. Ecclesiastes 9.10, do it with all your might because there's no work. There's no wisdom. To the grave, the, the word says sheol. That means grave, to which you are going. So God is saying, get on with it. The things I've called you to do, get on with it. Let's go. Let's do it. Right? Because there's work to be done. But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. So you see their persistence, the perseverance. See, there's no substitute for hard work. You have to persevere. They're persevering, and now the wall is halfway up. Because they, they were working and not talking. See, sometimes you can't even talk to the enemy. You just talk to God and let the enemy do what he's going to do. Let your flesh talk, 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 but you keep praying. Because God will harness your flesh. He will fill you with his spirit. But what do you have to do? You have to be honest. You have to talk to God. You know how y'all like to have conversations with your best friends? And you, you have that person you vent with and you really talk to them. And you have deep conversations with them. Nehemiah was, was that way with God. See, see our flesh will, will trick us to tell us that you can't see God. Who are you talking to? Right? This, like, like. God, God doesn't really hear you. People will tell you God doesn't hear you. You can't see him. But God wants us to trust him. It takes faith to have a conversation with a God that you can't see. It takes faith. But some of us, we've seen him at work. Right? The God you can't see. You've seen him answer prayers. So that should send us back to what? The prayer closet. Yeah. 
to tell him our needs. What, what's your opposition this morning? What is your Sam Ballot? Who is your Tobiah? Tell God about it. Tell him. Be honest with God. He, he will hear your prayer, and he'll answer your prayer. He will answer your prayer. But you have to have faith. Make God your best friend. He's your father, our father who art in heaven. A father will hear their child's prayer, especially when it's something good. And how do you know what's good to pray? It's in God's word. Get to know God in his word and then pray his word back to him. And then when you're struggling with life, you're struggling with whatever is going on. Because once you know how to connect with God, you can teach other people how to connect with God. And that's why we're here as Radiance Church, because we want to transform Dubuque. We want to help people get in connection with God. So whatever your troubles are this morning, whatever the opposition is, pray. The scripture that comes to my mind, Ephesians 6.10, it says, Follow me, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's what Nehemiah did. Through all this opposition. Now, I know some of those people, they were building that wall out there. You know, they all working. And these guys coming through talking at Noah's, I'm sure some of them got discouraged. I'm sure they did. But don't let the emotion of being discouraged stop you from building the wall. Stop you from moving on and persevering as God has called you to do. That's just an emotion. When you're discouraged, that's just an emotion. You can't live off emotions alone. You have to live off of what? God's word. If we live by emotions, we're in trouble. You're like a roller coaster. <laughs> All over. All over the place. But some people live that way. You, you see, you see people that I've lived that way before. Right? But your emotions can't control you. And we see here the emotions that they were feeling, it didn't control them. The fear. They kept moving forward. God wants you to move forward. Verse 8, more opposition is coming. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. Guess what? Again. Verse 9, and we prayed to our God, set a guard as a protection and night. They prayed again. So when the heat gets hot or the flames get hotter, what do you got to do? You got to pray more. Right? Let me tell you, someday I have to pray all day. Because the enemy be chasing me. And a lot of times the enemy of my mind. This is a, it's a battle living for God. And when that battle rises, if you don't know how to pray, you're going to be in trouble. So you got to pray. 
That's your weapon. The prayer is weapon. Not my ability, because I can't beat the enemy. Now, some of us know we can't beat the enemy because we can't even control ourselves. Some of us, right? (laughs) But with the power of God, we can control ourselves through his Holy Spirit. I remember when I wasn't a Christian, I can control myself. I can control my mouth. Whatever I wanted to say, I just said. But now the Spirit be like, bop, 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 bop. Hold it, hold it. (laughs) But I feel that war. I feel it every day, that battle. Because when I didn't have Christ, I just did whatever. But now he puts it in check every day. Now, am I perfect? No, sometimes I mess up. But then we can ask for forgiveness, right? That's God's grace, right? He loves us anyway. God loves us anyway. He's a loving God. He's not a taskmaster, right? Verse 10. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we cannot be able, excuse me, but ourselves, we will not be able to build a wall. So here there's some fatigue is kicking in. And they're saying, hey, on our own, we can't build this wall. Guess what? Radius Church, on our own, we can't build this church. We can't save the people. See, and that's why we, we go to God in prayer, because he do things that we can't do. I remember one time my son, I was looking at on his bed, and I saw all his shirts there. And I'm like, man, why you ain't got them shirts up? Why you ain't hanging them shirts up yet? And then... I thought about it. I said, "Oh, he can't, he can't reach him." I said, "Let me, let me hang the, sh- let let me hang the shirts up." And then God said, "See, Chris, you are his father, and you are helping him do what he can. I am your father. I will help you do things you can't do." See, it's it's. Let me tell you, there's something about God teaches us things. As we are in relationship with our family, especially the parent-to-child relationship, God shows us himself 100% on how he treats us and how he, how he works. So God is saying, when, I, when you pray, you're actually praying to me because you can't do it. So he's saying, pray often because there's a lot of things you can't do. There's some things he's given us the ability. We can just do it like it's nothing, right? But then there are certain things that we cannot do without the power of God because he wants the glory, right? Because if we can do it, now we feel good. If it's a big thing, no, but God wants all the glory. And when he does these things, we can testify to the people. And then people see his good works and they glorify him and they will come to know him. They will come to know him. That's the purpose of him revealing his glory in our lives, and so people around you can taste and see that God is good, right? All of you, I know you want people around you that you care about to taste and see that God is good. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. 
Now, I like this, too, is, is that they, they understand their position, right? They understand they can't do it. It's a self-awareness. We have to have self-awareness. We have to be alert. We have to understand when we need help, too, right? Some of us, we may not be as alert all the time when we need help. But we have to recognize, we have to have discernment to know when we need help, when we can't do something. That puts us in a place of being humble, right? But when we humble ourselves, the Bible says he'll exalt us in what? Due time, right? He'll exalt, God will, will do his work if we humble ourselves. We have to decrease so he can what? Increase. So, but that's the self-awareness that we have to have about ourselves. Verse 11. And all our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. So Sambala and his crew, they're scheming to kill them because they're building this wall. And at that time, verse 12, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us, Ten times, you must return to us. So they're saying, hey, guys, y'all need to get out of there because guess what? They coming. They coming. Verse 13, so in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall and the open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So as he's, as he's prayed, he's also planning. See, when God has you on mission, you have to plan and pray, right? You just can't pray. Faith without, faith without works is what? Dead. So you have to do something. God is not a genie in a bottle, right? So we have to do some work, which is good to do some work, to be in partnership with the, the creator of the universe, so they have some planning they have to do, right? But they're praying too. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. God is saying, don't be afraid of your situation. Or when situations do come, he's saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of opposition. Remember, the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight. Let me start again. Sorry about that. Remember, the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers. Your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. I'm going to read verse 14 again. I want to make sure that flows correctly. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. See, God wants us to fight for the people that he wants to save. Now, everybody won't be saved. 
But God wants us to fight for all. He said he wishes that none perish. But God will save people if we're willing to fight, right? We have to fight. How do we fight against the enemy? How do we fight against this world? Through his word and what? Prayer. And being together, being unified, encouraging one another. See, we're a team. Part of the big, we're one sector of the big universal team, the big universal church. And we have to encourage one another. We have to love one another. We have to hang out. We have to get to know each other. That builds trust, right? So I believe that starting with your life first, ask yourself a question. What oppositions do you have right now? If your wall is up and built, great. Good job. That's, that's amazing. Help somebody else build their piece of the wall. Right? If your wall is half up, keep working. Keep pushing. If your wall is completely torn down, that's okay, too. Get some help, right? At every stage, no matter where you're at, we have to be praying because God loves you. See, there are certain things that God wants each and every one of you to accomplish in your personal lives that will benefit God's kingdom in the natural. So ask yourself that question. What, what is it that God wants you to do? Some of you are college students. Some of us are professionals. We're working. We have families. Some of us may not have jobs. That's okay. No matter where you're at, God wants to meet you there today. He wants you to pray. He wants you to be honest. Take some time to meditate and think about who you are. And what does God want you to accomplish? Not what I want to accomplish, but ask God sincerely, I want a life of meaning and purpose, and I need you to help me to get there. Show me what that is. And if you need help figuring that out, feel free to talk to someone here that can help. Feel free to talk to me because it's in the prayer. And remember, Ephesians 6.10. As we continue to move forward in your daily lives, in life together, in your workplace, Ephesians 6.10 is easy to remember. Follow me, brethren. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God will fight your battle. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Also remember, the weapon shall form, but it will not prosper. See, remember there. The weapon will form. God ain't going to stop the weapon from forming. See, see, some, some of you, your weapon, the weapons that come against you are going to be so strong, so powerful. But the bigger that weapon is, the bigger God is. See, the bigger the weapon is that's coming against you, the bigger God's going to show up and people are going to look at you and say, Woo, what's going on with that person? And then you can say, my God is big, so strong, and mighty, right? And that's how God wants to. So, so do not despise the opposition. Do not, do not fret. 
Do not be worried by how powerful the weapons are. If they really big, then you know God is going to be big. Something big going to happen. You can say, God, I know you, you up to something. I can't wait to see what it is because I know you're going to do something great. So I'm waiting. And don't give up because we don't know God's timing. See, in Jeremiah, he knew God's timing. He had discernment, and that's why he could rally all the people to build the wall is because he knew it was God's timing. He knew the king had told him that he could build and he was going to provide everything he needed for this wall. So when the enemy came in like a Russian flood to confuse their work, he didn't pay them attention because he already knew what the king had said. The Persian king had all the power at the time. They had the big, they had all the power. So remember, King Jesus got all the power. So when you're in battle, you got the king. See, but this is going to be the toughest thing. I'm telling you, this is going to be the toughest part is that prayer. That, that, that's the work. It's hard to pray. Right? Y'all got busy schedules? I know I got a busy schedule. You're working. You got to eat. You got to do this. You got to do that. And you're thinking, when am I going to get that prayer in? Right? So it's hard to pray sometimes. It's, it's hard. I mean, we got the, the, the phones and we, we hear in electronics. And it's hard to want to give that time to God in prayer. And I'm not going to tell you how long you need to pray. That's between you and God. I think most of us can sense how long you should pray. You can pray at your desk. You can pray as you're driving. There's, the Bible says pray without ceasing. But God wants you to be serious when you pray. You can't be presumptuous when you pray. You can't be apprehensive. Give it to God. God created the universe. He can handle your prayers. He can handle when you're mad and you say, God, what you doing? I don't know what you're doing. I'm mad. Like, he can handle it. If you look through this Bible, a lot of them, when they prayed, a lot of them were mad. They were upset. Right? But yet, they were honest. And God appreciates that. Because it's a relationship. So as you uh, continue to live your life, if you are a Christian here, be honest with God. Give him your heart. Because if you're holding back, he already knows anyway. So why hold back? He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your mind, right? He just wants you to deepen your relationship with him, right? God can handle it. He can handle anything you're going to say, trust me. It ain't going to kill him. It ain't going to kill him. It ain't going to hurt him. Um, for those who don't know him, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, so you can have an intimate relationship with him and that you can help build his kingdom. He wants you to be a part of that. He died for you. He loves you. And if he's calling you, accept. Because there's going to be opposition either way you're a Christian or not. There's going to be opposition in life. As the book of Job says, a man born of a woman, days are full of trouble. We will have troublesome days. 
But my prayer is for us as Radius Church, as we go through opposition, whether in our personal lives or as a church, that we will be able to lift one up, each other up and love one another, right? Let me tell you, I love all of you. Now, I may show that in different ways with some, some of my people. <laughs> you know, I can be tough on my worship team, you know, I'm, you know, but they know I love them. <laughs> I love them. I show it different ways. And I try to balance the way I motivate and how I love people. There's a balance. And that's one thing, as I was reading about Nehemiah, he was, he was so good at leading people. He was so good at bringing people together. And our prayer is that we will come together. As Nehemiah led his people to build the wall, that God will lead all of us to build Radius Church.